Section 10 of Oscar Wilde from Purgatory by Hester Travers Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Appendix 1. These communications came through from time to time since the first batch of scripts went into press. I add them, although they are slight, as I think the idea is very characteristic of Wilde. The criticism of the production of The Importance of Being Earnest at the Haymarket is reprinted from the Sunday Express. Missing Illustration Facsimile of Mr. V's Handwriting Appendix 2 Reprinted from the Sunday Express Mrs. T.S. Is that Oscar Wilde? Oscar Wilde Yes, why doubt my identity, dear lady, before I have spoken even a doubtful word? Did you come with me to the Haymarket Theatre to see the importance of being earnest last Thursday? It was a most amusing experience. I looked through your eyes and saw my children again, and realised for the first time that they were merely marionettes, not human beings. You, who have an idea of what the value of humour is, could hardly grasp, as I could, the attitude of the audience that night. I was pleased to note in their laughter the feeling that, after all, although he had made mistakes in his life, he could still entertain. I could see a slightly contemptuous colour in these minds. They felt that he was a shade demode, but they looked on him as a curio worthy of a dark corner in the drawing-room. The spectacle presented to me through your eyes was very different from the productions of my time. I had, of course, to superintend my own rehearsals, more especially because the balance of my plays was so delicate, and even in those days, when my ideas had all their reality and freshness, there was difficulty in impressing the players with my own conception of these characters. For, although, as I said, they seemed to me to have the quality of marionettes, I intended them to represent the actual outward surface, slightly magnified, of the various ingredients that made up the social pattern of my time. Here, I fear, I was mistaken. In the importance of being earnest, I had intended to overstep all possible limits and present an entirely unreal problem to the public, but I never intended my play to be taken as a farce. That night I saw the producer's thought. He had evidently the conception that the play should be smartened for the modern stage, and he has my entire sympathy here— for my presentation was probably too preposterous for an age of realism. He has done his work competently, no doubt, but I must speak to the players singly and ask them to remodel their work a little in deference to the author's wishes. First, please ask Mr. Worthing to step up to me and listen to my criticisms of his performance— Worthing takes himself perfectly seriously, of course, but he does not try to force that feeling on his audience. 
he does not fill the centre of the stage with solemn pomposity rather he imbues the public with his own inward sincerity ask the gentleman who plays worthing to feel the part a little not to act it quite so arduously for algernon i have a sincere admiration but let him take into consideration the fact that he is not a mere lay figure he utters his words as if he were the doll used by a ventriloquist ask him please to modify his voice a little and also to modify his general behaviour he seems to me to move on hinges gwendolen is fairly satisfactory she gives me the impression of having played the first act with great care and precision but as she goes on a delicate diminuendo brings her to total blankness at the end urge the lady to keep her mentality on the alert until the play is ended what about lady bracknell she is not exactly the dame of the nineties the dame of that period certainly might have had some mannerisms but what really entertained us in her was her complete faith in her own sincerity now this lady who plays her is absolutely convinced of her own insincerity this is so obvious that it fails to amuse me i should be amused by the child of my own brain but hers is only a pose which is feeble in the interpretation of this part of my pattern to continue i think our little cecily is excellent i liked her and more especially her intonation she need not speak so definitely to the audience that seems to me even from my own demode standpoint a mistake for your young girl should hold all her impudence of mind with a certain hypocrisy which is only seemly in a maiden i think my pleasant rector was not a horny person he was on the contrary smooth and well liking i feel that the right note has not been struck here he is far too angular it is just the smoothness of skimmed milk that is required in him he does not achieve it miss prism is quite agreeable to me i think she got my idea better than the others i felt she had been memorising my lines with an inward appreciation of my intentions i should like to tell the lady this for i feel grateful to her one is so seldom taken with understanding the costumes do not matter much i should certainly like my own period better but undoubtedly that is a prejudice with which it would be foolish to comply the author is very grateful to the management and cast for putting his poor ideas again before the public he finds it difficult to enter into the present time but so far as he is permitted to see the haymarket production it is smartened beyond his powers and given to the present day with a source which should make it palatable to all he feels that the ingredients of his entremet have been carefully weighed 
and the result is an agreeable flavour without any undue spicing which might make it difficult of digestion he wishes to convey to all those concerned his pleasure in having attended a performance in the theatre once again i have already spoken to each of the players personally and now i should like to repeat what i said before let them all and the producer also be assured of my surprise at seeing their own complete misapprehension of my play it is delightful at any time to stand in an ecstasy of observation before what is absolutely perfect the complete whole as it were here i beheld my own child and almost failed to recognise it its new gown and its new attitude were so unfamiliar i do not wish to cavil at the present age but the haymarket company and its producer must forgive me if i am surprised rather than enchanted by what they have accomplished art after all has many aspects and this entire perversion of a literary effort is so adequately accomplished that it may be regarded as a striving towards perfection it has the quality of the exquisitely curved greek vase absolutely without life but perfect in its entire abstraction from the intention of the author perhaps you would teach me something about the present time it seems to me to be so far removed from mine the world of london looks as if it had cast off all its beautiful clothing and adopted the grimy garments of the artisan this is how it strikes me the whole theatre wore a useful aspect that night when i saw it through your eyes there was no illusion nor any glamour thrown out from the audience to the stage it was all in keeping and all presented a practical and tradesman-like appearance in my time the actors were helped and inspired by the perfumed and gowned attendants at their work now they gain no inspiration to carry them through the plaudits of the house that evening were pale and gave me the impression that they were there merely to carry the evening on to its conclusion this is evidently not an age of leisure the leisured age is the age which gives the dramatist his opportunity i feel now that it would be futile to write a comedy my own little play is so totally away from its own element that i should like to cover up the poor little nursling and lead it away from the footlights they make its colours pale and dim a sad little effort this to revive the feelings of a different age will you go on with the new play i have been considering it and it is certain it will be written and in a manner different from my poor little ernest appendix three december fourteenth nineteen twenty three eleven forty five p m present mr bly bond miss g miss cummins the medium was mrs travers smith oscar wilde i have been summoned here may i ask why such an honour is done me mrs t s we want you to communicate an interesting message to us next sunday when we are having a special sitting 
i assure you dear lady the garland of my thoughts is withered the scarlet exotic does not stand a long period in the arctic winter i wither because my thoughts are broken on the stem the traveller was pointed towards mr bligh bond a curious restoration this here i find a mind in whose intricacies i should like to plunge permit me sir to probe your ideas this is a strange construction here i find the mediaeval mind and on it is perched like a pert bird the spirit of the twentieth century a poet could indeed make sport of you but i have other feelings for my deep pity is excited that this intricacy of mind is placed in this dim age of toilsome work sir will you permit me to discourse with you it would give a shade who shuns the light great pleasure to share ideas of twenty years ago with you mr bond surely the glimpses of the world you obtain through this medium must be helpful and refreshing to you it is as if a rose had opened in my path for what can such as i find in a world of shadows and of dimness this is not punishment as you believe but a portion of my experience which floats by me like a grey cloud and which will consummate the full expansion of my soul i know that ecstasy is mine but here i am confined and the rich day is hidden from me never can i gaze again upon the blue waters of the sea or feel the wind come whispering by me in the dim evening light i am a shadow and the life here the shadow of a shadow can you imagine what i am mr bond made some further remarks no my dear sir not for a mind like yours the dimness and confinement yours is a nature which has not spent its richness in the world mr b made a remark about the eternal life here the eternal life spreads out before us like a silken stuff shaded from grey to gold but you obtain glimpses of the world at times a sunbeam dying on the clouds a rift within a deep abyss this is what comes to me from looking once again at the fair world whose beauty was a rich intoxication for my senses and for this ecstasy of joy joy in the day joy in the night joy in the paleness of the dawn and the grey twilight and the sound of words and company of my fellows for this i am confined in a dim place of shadows but there is hope for you and for all hope my dear sir is simply breath the power of breathing comes from hope hope that the next breath follows on the present but hope grows pale with waiting i know that this will come again this richness and this joy i feel as if i a worm had burrowed in the earth and the damp soil had filled the eyes the mouth and all i am 
i believed on earth and now i believe in eternal joy this is my consolation mrs t s i am publishing your messages i have written a book about you pray spare me these little moths that flew out my lips are scarcely worth recording appendix four copy of a communication received at the ouija board through mrs travers smith's hand july nineteenth nineteen twenty three mrs t s how do you study the work of the modems i can look into their mind and gather collectively what is worth recording in their work talk to us about painting and its connection with literature dear lady pause a moment let your imagination strain itself a little take one word and let its sound sink deep into your mind and conjure up at the same time a deep and richly coloured tone take the word purple let the infinite depths of that rich colour penetrate your being and listen to the word and let its music bring to your mind the depths of tone that comes from perfumed violets till word and colour merge into each other this gives you some idea of how my work was wrought and fashioned of how my music sprang from word and colour both for as i wrote i held the picture ever in my mind of pattern wrought from colour and from sound and as i wove the web i added richness as i went by ever fashioning moulding and forming until a perfect shape rose from me this was my own particular form of art an art which gave me life which has not vanished with my good name and all that fame the false world heaped upon me for my art had sprung direct from nature nature was the force that gave it being i was the priest who fashioned from it the thing created perfecting the form with care and infinite pain until the children of my being had grown to their full stature and like stately swans had floated out upon the waters and escaped from me into the infinite where they shall never perish end of section end of oscar wilde from purgatory by hester travers smith